Welcome, friends, to our podcast, Cheeky Vibe, Peaceful Life. My name is Michelle Moss, and Lauren is taking the day off today, but I am very excited because we have a guest that we are interviewing, and her name is Lindsay Buckingham. Hi, Lindsay. Hi. Hi, everybody. How are you? I'm doing very well. How are you doing? Doing well. And like we just were talking about before we jumped on busy, busy, busy morning. Um, Lindsay works for channel three news and has already done an interview. And she's actually sitting at her desk right now, taking the time to allow us to get to know her a little better. So thank you for taking some time out for this. Oh, it's my pleasure. Really. I am honored that you asked me and, you know, I think so highly of you and your family. So thanks for having me. Oh, you're welcome. So um, I know Lindsay because she interviewed Jonathan and myself for Jonathan's story um, when he went through COVID. And I know that you do special projects and you report on these things. And I have to tell our listeners, oh my goodness, I love your what you bring to channel three, because it's positive, it's uplifting. And I don't know if anybody, you know, I want them to look at some of the stuff you've done, but human interest stories. She gets to meet puppies and she gets to eat great food and she gets to go to great Metro parks. I mean, tell me what you love the most about your job. Oh my gosh. Well, first of all, thank you so much. Um, I look at my special projects beat as one of the most fulfilling things I've ever done in my life. To me, it's so much more than reporting. Um, and as I told you, I think Michelle, when I was talking to you and Jonathan, it's an honor for me to talk to you all, because I, I feel honored that you trust me enough to share your story. Um, the most important, important thing I think about my job is that most of the stories end up helping someone. And that's where the fulfillment part comes in. It's so much more than um, reporting and telling the story, which by the way, is a huge passion of mine. I love storytelling, but I love that there's an end result in that it brings awareness to someone or it makes someone's day or someone's heart is touched or it, it, it enacts change. Something positive happens from the stories that we do. And that is my favorite part about that part of the job. The other half is, as you mentioned, I get to do some fun, uh, fun gigs on the weekend. Um, I do a lot of live reporting and I just, in general, Michelle, I love people. So to be out at an event, to talk to business owners, um, try new foods, listen to music, that kind of thing. It's really, really fun. Well, I, great. I, so I, I watch it and I think, oh my gosh, she's getting paid <laughs> to do this. I mean, it could be a pumpkin patch. It could be uh, the best hamburger. It could be, I mean, you know, in, yeah. in, in addition to your, like you said, your, your human interest stories where you're interviewing people and making a difference, but the fun part, I'm like, oh my gosh, she actually gets paid to do that. And I love <laughs> it. I love it. And I love people too. So I get that. So talking about, you love to tell stories, which I want to interject a little bit down the road here about your children, but how did you become a journalist? How did, what was that path? Cause I know you were an intern in Chicago at one point, that was your starting point when you went to Columbia college. I think I got that right. Yeah, you did. Um, yeah. So then you, so you started out in Chicago and, and how did that transpire and how long have you done it? So I'm kind of giving you multi layers here. Oh, that's okay. Um, so the interest first started in high school, actually, I took a broadcasting class, uh, and did the morning announcements. It was a very, um, you know, very non-serious operation, but it was very fun. And that sparked the interest. Mm -hmm. um, and then 
so I sort of took a, I was very much interested in high school, but then I sort of took a break um, and thought that I would be a phys ed teacher. Uh, and I followed all my friends um, to, from college to Chicago. And they said, you know, there's this great television school called Columbia College. So after some thought, I said, you know what? I don't really want to give up on that dream. And that was really one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life because it was just, the experience was unreal. Um, and that led me to my internship at CBS in Chicago. And that just threw you right in. I mean, that is a huge television market. I got to see how everything was done. Was that intimidating? You know, here you are. I mean, seriously. Yes. Okay. You did broadcasting in high school in a very right. informal and right. now you're jumping into Chicago, which is right. city, you know, how did that, when you're young and wet behind the ears, how did that go? I was totally freaked out, but, um, this is a true story as cliche as it sounds. Joan London actually came to my college. We, that was the other cool thing. We got to meet so many people um, who I admired growing up. Joan London was like that. She was an influence on me too, but they picked me from the class to interview her. And she changed the course of my career because I was, as you mentioned, Michelle, I was so intimidated and unsure and I didn't have the confidence yet. And she could pick up on that when I was doing the interview. I was asking intelligent questions, but clearly so unconfident. And she found the best way to tell me how to get over that. And um, what she told me is, you may be really scared to try something, but never turn down an opportunity. And I really tried to live by that. So as far as being nervous you know, on the first day and showing up to CBS, I remembered her words and I thought, you know what, this is going to be really scary, but you can't say no to anything. And that's a big opportunity. Yeah. So I didn't, even if I failed, I never said no, because it was all a learning experience. And I got learning experiences in all ends of the business when I was there. So that's really where it all began. Um, now, so how long has that been? How long have you, and how did you go from there to Cleveland? So I, oh my gosh, I was there in, I think I interned in 2004 or five. And I was there for about a year and a half, actually. So I stayed on after my internship and, and did some research in the investigative department. But uh, then I got a job at Channel 8. Mm -hmm. um, and that was in 2007. And I was at, I started at the bottom of the barrel and just worked my way up. So production, floor directing, Chiron, you know, the words that you see on the screen. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Answering phones, desk assistant, and then you just sort of work your way up, but it all depends on, on your, your drive on how far you want to go. So I wanted to go far. I didn't want to stay where I was. So, and you literally did the, started in the mail room and worked your way up. I started on the assignment desk. I was there wow. for like six months. Wow. Um, and then I was, I was doing production work. I was, you know, ripping scripts for the anchors. I was floor directing in the studio. And then I went from there to, um, they call it an AP. So you help write for the show. So then I was like writing scripts. And then I went from there to the web job and I stayed um, in the web department for many, many years of my career. Um, I took about a two and a half year break after I had my kids. Actually, I had 
after I had my daughter, I thought I was coming back um, to work and I couldn't do it. So um, I decided that I was going to stay home with the kids for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sorry. I'm going like, I'm, I'm just telling you the whole story. Is that well, what I want to hear it. It's very interesting. And then Cause we're getting around to the kids and all that stuff. Too. Right. 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 Okay. So anyway, I was, I was, um, I was off of work. I was a stay at home mom, which I loved so much uh, for two and a half years. And then in 2016, I got a call from my old manager and she said, the, RNC is coming to Cleveland. We would love for you to freelance. What do you think? And I thought I was, you talk about intimidating here. I was, you know, knee deep in diapers and And out of it for a while, totally out of the news game. And I, and I said, yes, because I knew that that was like a once in a lifetime opportunity. So when my son was 12 months old and I think my daughter was like almost three, um, we are just had just turned three. Um, I went to the RNC. I sat across the way from d- people like Dan Rather. I, I oh my gosh, yeah, so was that I, pretty intimidating. Yeah, I met. I literally in in three days, I I saw and met all of my journalism heroes, um, all of these people that I had looked up to for years. I got to meet. So that sort of told me that I wasn't done with the news business. I didn't know when I was going to come back. I didn't know how soon, but I knew that um, those four days I did really awesome. I have to say that because I'm really proud of myself for. And we're allowed to say those. Things. Yeah, I sometimes are. Hard though, right? Yeah, <laughs> especially when you're saying you were so intimidated and felt out of your element. And right. You, you know, you didn't let. You went back to that Joan London thing. You didn't let anything hold you back. You weren't going to say no. No, I didn't say no. I thought it was really important. I was there with another mom friend of mine who had just had a baby, and they sent her too. So I will never forget. There was one day where we both kind of had a freak out moment. <laughs> we, went, we went off to the bathroom. We shed a few tears. She was nursing. So her hormones are going crazy. Uh-huh. I was feeling intimidated and we had the best, most inspirational pep up talk. And we ended up just crushing it the rest of the day. That was one of the most memorable, memorable moments that I had of the whole conference, but just telling each other, like, we got this. We're I love, but I love that because it's right. uplifting and supporting another woman. You're each doing it for each other. And it was a defining moment. You know? Oh, it so was, it definitely changed the course. And from then on, I was, I just went after it. I mean, we could not score interviews. Um, with a few of the big names for a while. And I just like made that my mission. So I ended up getting two really big interviews for our station. Um, I talked to so many people, just anything they told me to do. You just, I, I seized every opportunity. I learned so much. It was one of the greatest accomplishments that I I've had in my career. So again, I just, that sort of got me back into thinking I wasn't done with news. Um, but I wasn't sure, um, how soon I was going to go back. So it was, it ended up being maybe another like four months before I returned full time, but they did offer me a job after that. So yeah, see, everything happens for a reason. Right. Here's this uh, four day event that was almost like better than your college, you know, right education as far as what you learned and then it changed you and you got to take some of that stuff. I love that. I I think that's great. And then 
was there um, an opportunity for this special projects kind of position, you know, reporting on, or is this, you know, how did this come about? So I was at channel eight for about, so after I returned the second time around, after I took my two and a half year break, I was there for about a year and a half and um, yeah, an opportunity came up over here, but it wasn't with special projects. It was a different position. Um, so I made the jump from eight to three and I, it was sort of similar because I didn't start where I am now. Mm-hmm. but I knew that that's what I wanted to do. So it's really just about looking for opportunities. Mm-hmm. And in my case, whenever there was a story that just kind of like tugged at my heartstrings, um, I'm not even trying to make a play on words too, because that's the name of my beat heartstrings. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but really that's kind of what it was for me. The stories that tugged on my heartstrings, I just knew that I connected to it and that I could tell it in a meaningful way. And so the more of those stories that I did, I think the more that, um, the folks here realized that that was sort of my niche. Yeah. And I was blessed enough two years ago to get that opportunity to sort of carve out my own beat. Um, and so you do a great job, by the way. I mean, again, when you say connect to people, you really do. It's a, there's an openness, a genuineness, uh, you know, some people that you meet in the world just don't have that. And you definitely do. And I think that definitely gives you such a, a, a beautiful way of sharing other people's stories because they feel like they can open up to you. So I, I, I appreciate that. And the fact that we've stayed friends and, you know, it's like, we've, that's built a friendship and, you know, just being able to continue with that is wonderful. Well, I really appreciate that. I mean, I, um, I think we have, this in common, which is, you know, we like people, we love people. And I, it's really impossible for me not to connect to the people um, whose stories I'm telling, because then I don't think I would come across, as you mentioned, genuine, because I really care about the folks that I'm talking about. Right. And you have to be, I mean, that's intimate to be able to share that stuff. So once you do share that, it's hard to say, okay, well, we're done now. You know, it's definitely a connection. Um, the woman that you uh cried in the bathroom with and and boosted each other up, are you guys still friends? Do you still reach out? Are you still close? Oh yeah. She is, oh, you know how life gets, you know, we're not we're not we work, she is no longer at that station and um we live on different sides of town but we still text each other messages of support. We get together whenever we can, which isn't so often, you know, lately with the whole COVID uh, pandemic and everything, but um, 100% she's still in my life. She's one of the greatest women I have in my life. And that's awesome. Cause you guys, even, you know, when life happens and you get busy, you still know you could pick up the phone or do a quick text or something and they're there. And I right. love that about our deep right. friends that are, are, positive influences in our life. Um, okay. We talked a little about, about how you love to tell stories. Um, and I want to share with our listeners that, um, you have, you mentioned, you have two beautiful children, a little boy and a little girl, and you also recently got married, <laughs> which was beautiful. You looked amazing. Oh, thank you. Yes, congratulations. And, um, so how does that storytelling translate to your children? Do you love to make up like stories for them? Do you share, how does that work with your kids? Do you utilize that with your babies? Oh, the storytelling. Yeah. I think that it, um, it's definitely implemented at bedtime. Um, I just, I kind of, I think about 
the way that I do the audio track, meaning when the, the voice that you hear in stories, you go into a booth and, and you record it. And sometimes I close my eyes because I just like sort of picture being in your shoes or being in the person's shoes. So I feel like sometimes that comes out when I'm reading to my kids. Like I really want them to understand the message. Um, but more than that, Michelle, I, I share with my kids a lot of the stories that I do that are kid friendly mm-hmm. because I think that there are big lessons there for them that, um, you know, some aren't age appropriate, but some are, mm-hmm. and, uh, especially the ones with kids who have disabilities mm-hmm. or someone who wasn't treated fairly or looks a little different than someone else. Um, that's really important. So I feel that's another reason I feel blessed that I get to share that with my kids. Um, and they still bring up some of the stories that I've talked about. So that oh, it makes, does mean a lot. It's meaning. Yeah. It makes me feel like I did the right thing by sharing that with them. So um, how has your life changed since you've gotten married? Oh my gosh. Well, what I will say is my life has changed tremendously since meeting Dave, my now husband. Um, we joke that we have felt married for a couple of years. It feels awesome to have made it official COVID sort of put a wrench in things. Did you have to postpone your wedding? That this, the time that we got married was our third try. Oh my gosh. So, but the thing is we weren't, um, we were never going to do like a really big ordeal, but we still had to change it up a couple times. So I think we felt relieved that we finally were able to do it. But um, meeting Dave has been an unbelievably positive life change. I, uh, I don't think anyone gets married thinking that they'll end up divorced, which is what happened with my first marriage. Um, but life happens and you never know what's around the corner, but I think keeping an open heart and keeping a lot of hope, Mm -hmm. um, is what led me to Dave. And I think that's beautiful in itself because I have so many clients, even that I work with that have gotten divorced and they were really, really hurt in their divorce and think there'll never be another man. There'll never be another marriage. There'll never be another relationship. And they are out there. It's just, you have to be in a healthy headspace to attract healthier people and being open to it. Like you said, open heart, open with love, open with all those things and wait. And don't, and like I said, work on yourself a little bit first, but be ready that if it happens to open yourself up to it. Absolutely. I think that, um, I think that's so important what you said, Michelle, because even now I have had people write me and say, um, I'm, I just got divorced. I feel like I'm going to be alone the rest of my life. How did you take the step? And I said, you know what? I, for, I first thought that too. I really did. And I, I just sort of accepted it. I said, okay, you know what? It's fine. It's going to be me and Audrey and Danny for the rest of our lives. And that'll be enough for me. Um, but I think that, I think that over time you just sort of let yourself trust again or open up your heart. And, and that's kind of, that's kind of what led me to meeting Dave, but, but there is definitely hope out there. Yes, for sure. And, and again, being in that space to allow yourself to open up a little bit. Yeah. So what has been the most difficult thing you had to overcome, whether, I mean, career-wise or personally, you know, what, where, where has it been that mountain that you climbed that you got to the top and said, yay, I did it. Definitely. Definitely when I went through a divorce and became a single mom for a while, 
Um, you don't ever picture yourself in that situation, but when you're a mom, you just do it. And it's, it doesn't matter what's happening. I guess in my, this was what I was thinking. I was thinking, well, you got to get through this because you have two really, really small children. Um, so it was then Michelle that I decided not that I decided I knew that I was going to have to go back to work full time. And I thought I have to do this now or never go after my dream job and make it work. Um, not only from myself, but I have to provide for my kids. Mm -hmm. So that is definitely, you know, besides having my kids, that is my biggest challenge that I've overcome and, and been successful. I look back at the last five years of my life and I'm like, Whoa, how did you do that? <laughs> but I wish Lauren was here because she has a very similar story. Cause she got oh, wow. kids were babies. I mean, one was like eight months old. So, you know, that that's the same journey that she would share. It's like, you know, as a, as a mom and a single mom, you're going to pick up and you're going to do everything in your power to do what you can to, to work on and raise and be supportive right. through your children there's no option and you just do it. And again, that, that huge amount of what's happened in five years and you put your mind, obviously you've got some tenacity and you, you know, that's I do. Long, stubborn. <laughs> My dad taught me that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, who, who do you think impacted you most other than Joan London? Apparently that was a very important moment, but is there anybody in your, in your childhood or in your past or in the teachers that somehow, wow, you know, this is somebody that really is direct. Yeah. You know, actually, that's so funny that you bring that up. Um, in third grade, I had this teacher, her name was Mrs. Herman. And I mean, that was 32 years ago. I'm revealing my age, but I mean, yeah, it was, <laughs> I mean, I think I did my math right. I, I think it was, um, but I will never forget her. And the what was it? She was the most kind, genuine, uplifting, encouraging teacher. She treated us like we were all her kids. In fact, I don't even know how it, I'd have to dig into how it, how this all happened, but actually the today show came out to interview her um, and they did a profile on how special she was to all of us. But I can't remember like how that came to be. I think maybe someone nominated her, mm -hmm. but the crew came out and interviewed wow. her. And, it, and so there was a little story on her um, on the Today Show. Which is perfect because the person that impacted <laughs> you was somehow related to me. Right? I Isn't that crazy? That is. It's definitely Isn't that wonderful. crazy. She was just, I, I have no idea if she's still alive or where she is, but she just believed in us. And I'm not saying that other teachers didn't. It was just, there was something about her that made us all feel safe to be who we were and express ideas. And again, the fact that she just treated all of us like we were her own. You just don't forget people like that. You know, what's interesting. I, I'm going to have to say you have those same traits, oh, kindness, cool. the genuineness, being uplifting, encouraging, and you make people feel that special feeling that, that we're special when you're talking to us. So interesting, again, full circle, you bring out, you have those same traits and our listeners should hear this because honestly, we should treat everyone the same way. We should treat people with kindness and being genuine and uplift and encourage everyone that we come in contact with because life is not easy out there. <laughs> 
So that's so kind, Michelle. Thank you so much. That's that really means a lot to me coming from you because I feel the same way about you. So speaking of, you know, stories, is there anyone that you did that was like, oh my gosh, that has impacted you? You know, a story that you did that was like, wow, I, this is really, you know, I mean, they all impact you obviously because you are, you're an empathetic person, but is there anything that stood out or changed you or had it? Oh my gosh. I, well, I, and I promise I'm not saying this to be diplomatic, but truly every single story that I do impacts me. Your, yours and Jonathan's story uh, impacted me tremendously just about how precious life is and how you can be brought together, how everybody can be brought together um, by just instilling hope in one another. Um, I would say beyond that, there are two two stories that stick out to me. One is a series that I do called Reconnecting. And it is about bringing long lost family members together. And I just, I'm just always thinking about that because I really can't imagine being in their shoes, having waited 35 years or however long it is with wondering if this person or this family member existed. And then to have been a part of bringing them together is just life-changing because then this piece of the puzzle that they've been searching for has been solved essentially. And it's like a vessel that they use now to maintain a relationship. So that has- brings them peace. Like you said, this is something they've been seeking, 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 put it together. Not only do they have the relationship, but they have that, okay- Right. Right. Absolutely. Like that. Finally they can, and you see it on their faces, just like utter relief. So there's that, um, there was another story that I did a couple years ago. It was called, um, school of one Jamil's journey. And it was about a group of students from Cleveland metropolitan school district who are in a program called school of one. And, um, the program is for at-risk kids. So kids who are struggling at home or in school. And um, we went and spent the day with this one group who uh, they were, the class was at the Foundry, which have you heard of the Foundry, the rowing program? Okay. So it's a rowing program that from school age to like professionals can use. And it was incorporated into this Cleveland schools program. So anyway, we go out there, we're, we're profiling this uh, group of kids. And one of the students was missing a hand and I was asking what was happening. And they were there in this class, um, trying to this technology class, trying to build him a hand so that he could row with them. Wow. And so what started as just like a basic profile of this program as a whole, which is wonderful. And you could do so many profiles on that program. Um, the story told itself when I found out what these kids were doing, because to, to have empathy when you're like 14, 15 years old, there was just no hesitation on those boys. Uh, part. Just saying, okay, Jamil doesn't have a proper hand. We need to help him right away. So that's what the story is about. And I will never, ever forget sharing that because, um, I was just so blown away. Like they didn't need a teacher to teach them a life lesson like that, like how to be there for their friend. Right. And what's even better then is that you shared that story, which again, teaches and role models and let's, you know, that learning that 
this is how we should be as humans, you know? Right. Right. I oh my gosh. I just That's awesome. You know, you mentioned failure earlier. Is there anything you can think of that didn't go quite the way you wanted to, but you learned from it? Because we always tell our listeners, don't be afraid of failure. Failure is a catalyst to change. Because if you fail here, you go here. So is there anything you can oh my God. put on that? Absolutely. I mean, I think that failure is, that comes with any career, but especially this one, you're going to fail and you're going to have, um, hard moments. And actually, Michelle, I have to be really candid right now. So I'm sitting at my desk across the way as one of my photographers. And he giggled when you asked that because he's witnessed some of my failures. He's witnessed your failures. And, and, and I have to tell you, one, one time he caught a bunch of tears for me because of a failure. But I think the point is um, you fail, you take it in, you let yourself be upset about it. And then you move on mm-hmm. and then you start the next day and you begin again. But you know what I love before we go further on that, what you said was you failure, you have a failure, you feel your feels. Cause sometimes people don't want to feel their feels. It's okay to feel upset, angry. They're just feelings. They're not right or wrong, good or bad. And then the next day you start fresh. Absolutely. I, I have to let myself do that. If I don't, then I just let it linger in my yes, head. Very. Anyone. So, um, I, you know, that's the thing about this, the other part of this job that I love, uh, you work with photographers starting at, you know, three to 30, four o'clock in the morning, they become like family to you. Mm-hmm. So that that's a luxury to be able to kind of make a fool out of yourself and then cry into your photographer's shirt. Um, and then you just, you know what, you've got to pull yourself together. You cry, you let yourself feel it. And then you've got another hit coming up in 30 minutes. So you better pull it together. snap to it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and again, here, our listeners hearing it's okay to fail. We all are going to fail. And that's how we grow. Failure is growth, you know, if we look at it that way. Absolutely. And that's funny. I was going to ask you about your coworkers. Obviously, you talked about your photographer, who you're close to. When I watch some of the interactions and even just um, following on Instagram or whatever, I always, it seems like you guys and the other anchors, it seems like a close-knit family. Is that so? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think that that's something you can't really fake on TV. I think that we're really lucky in that, um, we all, I guess, share the same feelings about what we're doing. And, and, and especially if you're getting up in the morning, you know, we all know it's, gosh, it's not normal to be up at one, two in the morning. Mm -hmm. So you have to make the best out of it. And, And you're there to, to brighten, people's days and you're there to share good news with people and bad news, unfortunately. Um, so honestly, I love my WKYC family. Uh, there are really, really wonderful people here doing really, really wonderful things in different ways. And so if you're seeing that, yes, it's genuine. Um, it looks like you have fun too. I mean, you are selling, you're telling news and and news is good and bad, but I love the down moments when there's some joking around or some horseplay or, you know, just, it just is connecting to there. You guys are real. And absolutely. Especially on the weekends, um, because I get to do some of the fun, um, 
live chats, uh, they get to see me being silly sometimes. So it's, there's n- no better fun than kind of talking to your friend in your ear and saying, Hey, can you believe I did that? Or you want to see something cool? Uh, that's a really fun part of the job too, for sure. And I just got to ask about this too, the one and 2am wake up, go, how, how has that impacted your life? And, and again, with the, the mental health part, you know, sleep is so important and you're going at burning at both ends. How are you, how do you handle that? I'm going to be totally honest. Um, sometimes I don't handle it well, just because I think sleep is vital for anyone. 100%. If you don't get a lot of sleep and then you're trying to fire at all cylinders at four o'clock, five o'clock in the morning, um, it's not always great uh, because you're just, you come from, you come home from work, just kind of exhausted and, but, but you're a mom. So you have to keep momming, got to keep momming. Mm-hmm. So I think sometimes you're able to just manage it. And then there's days where it's not good and you have to go take a three hour nap to get back leveled out. But that's good that you're saying that though. Cause that was my next yeah. question. What do you do for self-care self-compassion? What do you do? What do you enjoy? I mean, obviously your job brings you a lot of joy, but what do you decide right. from all that? So, um, as far as like the self-care, I, I try to today, for example, my kids are in school. Um, I'll leave here. I, I want to go home and sleep right away, but I'm not going to, I'm going to go take my walk, mm-hmm. uh, because I always feel like a million bucks after I do that. So I'm going to go take my, my little walk. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after I do that, then I take a nap. I love Mondays because I know I don't have to get up at one o'clock the next morning. <laughs> so I, um, most weeks, Michelle, I'm on my, on my own. Cause my husband travels a lot for work. Mm-hmm. So a couple weeks out of the month, I'm on my own, but as much as we miss him very much, I really do love Mondays because I can take my time and make a healthy dinner Your for the day. Kids. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I love, um, that I can, I'm not freaked out about bedtime as much and I can spend quality time with my kids saying good night and give them a healthy dinner and then wake up early and make a fun breakfast. I truly get so excited about Mondays for that reason. You can see it in my face. Yeah, now. Yeah. Although, to- although I, although I am going to say I heard nap and walk and everything else was still giving, you're, you know, making your kids dinner and having your doing the bedtime routine and making breakfast. You know, the walk is good. What else are you doing for you, darling? Oh, I love you. You're so cute getting to the bottom of it. Um, well, I'll tell you, I do, you know, when I don't have my kids, cause I am, um, on a shared parenting schedule, I love to connect with my girlfriends. I have amazing girlfriends in my life. I have amazing guy friends as well. One is sitting across from me right now. Um, and they just enrich my life so much. So I make time to see them and I I feel like being with them is food for the soul. So I consider that self-care. No, I agree. I mean, being you know? with people who uplift you and love you and unconditionally. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. All right. I'll take you off the hook. You don't have to do any more of that. Oh, no, it's okay. You can <laughs> listen, ask away. This is healthy for me. I'm like, oh gosh, what do I do for myself? But you know, a lot of women, especially women with children 
Um, when I ask them that as if their clients or I'm interviewing them, a lot of times they have, a, it's, you know, you hear crickets, they don't know, they don't do yeah. for themselves. And really it's not selfish. We have to fill our cups first before we, so I'm just, you know, just, that's the therapist yeah. in me. It's coming out, making okay. sure. <laughs> take I like it. It's <laughs> making me think. Yeah. Well, good. Maybe you'll have something you'll have learned since we've learned a lot about you. You know, I mean, I can't help, but I mean, I'm smiling the whole time we're talking because I really, really, really like you. It's, it's, it's been a blessing for us to have met you. Um, and John will even say, Hey, did you see what Lindsay posted or, you know, or Hey, Lindsay, Lindsay commented on our, you know, post or something. And it means a lot, you know, because it was that connection. So, um, I really, really appreciate you taking the time. Is there anything else, you know, I just kind of was all over the place. Is there anything else you want to share? That's just, you know, something about you that our listeners could take away? Well, I will, I will think on that because I'm sure there is, but I want to say to you that I get equally as excited to see what you guys post. I mean, I literally, I cannot tell you how many times I've been in bed um, kind of scrolling before bedtime, which is, I'm sure. I was going to tell you not shouldn't or, I know, I know. <laughs> I'm just revealing all the bad, <laughs> but it's so, but I'll be scrolling and trying to get to sleep and I will see a post from you or Jonathan and I just can't help but like get teary eyed because it is just so amazing and so inspiring. Not only how far Jonathan has come, but how you two are living life now, Mm -hmm. just not taking for granted any moment and just enjoying life together. And um, of course, no life no relationship is perfect, but it's a lesson that anyone could take from. I mean, you really inspire me. So I just want you to know that thank you so much for appreciating my posts, but I really appreciate yours too. So I try to hold back. I would be commenting on every single one if I could, but I'm like, you've got to calm it down a little bit. So I'm like, oh my gosh, that looks so great. Jonathan looks wonderful. Congratulations. I just, I love your posts. It, oh, it really, it inspires me. So you know, I'm going to, I'm going to say this too. We've posted so much. I've posted so much. I mean, he was sleeping for six months, but I, you know, I posted a lot of things and honestly, I've posted less, even last night we had people over for the Browns game the first time ever since, you know, John's been awake and things are normal again for us. And it was so exciting. I don't, sometimes I forget to post because I'm enjoying the moment, you know, mm-hmm. and that's important too. You know, I, it's not just about putting those pictures or do, it's being in the moment and loving on your friends. We had 14 people over and just, you know, just enjoying that time. So, but thank you for saying that. I appreciate it. No. I don't know. I, I think it's so I think it's so important that you're sharing. And it, it, if you don't post, that's fabulous. That means exactly what you said. Um, I did think of one thing that I wanted to share, if you don't okay. mind. Do we have time or no? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So part of being um, on TV is being recognized. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't happen. Believe it or not, I mean, it happens like once in a while, couple, couple times a month or something like that. Not a lot. Um, but sometimes people will say, oh my gosh, like you're so nice or you're so down to earth. And I think they say that to a lot of us. Um, but for us, we're just like, we're just completely normal people who just happen to have this job. Um, and especially for me, I'm still in that 
you know, I'm still in that mode of when I wasn't working and I was a stay-at-home mom, Mm -hmm. I still go to Target, you know, in pajama pants and no makeup. (laughs) And I don't even remember. I'm not even um, thinking that. Mm -hmm. So I think that um, in saying that the biggest thing that I try to do when I'm connecting with people like our, our viewers or something, I just want them to know that I am just like you. I have problems and I have real issues in life and everything dirty laundry in the in right the- or <laughs> my house is a mess and I don't want you to see it or like you know what I mean um you know I think that that is that's so important that it, it it's part of our job to get all dressed up and put makeup on and look presentable because that's part of our job and you know we we need to do that it's your um, costume for your job to produce right and I think that that's part of the gig and and you just, you do that. But underneath it, we are people with real struggles and real lives and real problems. And, um, and so come talk to me, like, don't be intimidated or anything. I'm like, I'm always so blown away when people are nervous to talk to me because, um, I consider myself to be a huge dork. Well, and you know what? Two seconds of talking to you and they should feel comfortable because honestly, that's I, I hope that. that's the goal. Yeah. I love our, I love meeting our viewers. I can't even tell you how much it means to me. I love our Facebook friends that I interact with on the weekends. Um, it just, I absolutely appreciate it more than anything that they enjoy watching us. Well, so you are a joy to watch as well as everyone else. We love, I mean, channel three is our favorite. I mean, we oh. channel three. So, um, so tell me how, if someone's heard our, our, um, one of our listeners is really interested in going back. How do they find your stories specifically? Where would they go? So I post almost every single one of my stories on my social media channels. So on Twitter, I'm at Lindsay Buck, WKYC. On Instagram, I'm Lindsay Buckingham WKYC. And on Facebook, I'm just Lindsay Buckingham. Um, They always post my stories to the website and sometimes to the station Facebook page as well. But if you want to just go back and look at my feed, yeah. And um, yeah, it's just, um, I feel really lucky to be able to share those inspirational stories. Cause like I said before, it, it, it ultimately ends up helping someone and that's the goal for me. Right. And again, there's, there's so much dark negative news in the world. It's in the, that has to be shared because that's the news, but it's so wonderful to pull up uplifting positive stories. And I sometimes, sometimes try to avoid some of the dark and just try yeah. to focus on if we can look up and go through some of your positive stories and say, Hey, maybe instead of starting off with the news, you know, before bed or something, you just listen to a good story from that you weave so well. And, and here's another question. If somebody wants to talk to you about a story or share something with you or see something that's positive, how would they go about letting you know that? Yeah. So I always tell people to email me at lbuckingham at wkyc.com. The only thing that I will say is sometimes I get backed up on my emails. So bear with me. Uh, Reminder emails are always great because sometimes it gets pushed to the bottom of the pile and it slips my mind. So email me your story ideas. I will definitely try to uh, make it happen um, or at least get back to you. So I loved keep, 
keep the stories coming, the good stories though. Yeah. Yes. I love that. And, and that's how we did it. I wrote up an entire long thing and I sent it to um, Stephanie Hayden yeah. on our podcast as well. And she's like, I know just where this needs to go. So it's <laughs> perfect. You know, um, but I would have done that, you know, if, even if I wouldn't have known somebody, right. if you just put specifics that, that kind of write your own story for the story so that you can get the interest peak that makes it all the more um, doable. So yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, I want to thank you so much. Um, Lindsay, I, I do love you so much and, um, I've enjoyed this and, um, maybe we'll sometime meet for a cup of coffee somewhere. Oh, we talked you talked about bet. originally getting together when you were going to interview us. And then of course the pandemic and, and now it seems like, you know, things are a little hazy again, but we'll get there. And I would love to just chat with you. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So thank you so much. I really You're so welcome. Thank you so much. This has been such a joy. I've really enjoyed it. Good. And I hope you can get some, uh, a nice walk in before the rain yes. and a nice nap in, but if you wouldn't mind holding while I click off, um, thank you again. And no as, as always listeners stay cheeky.